0: Bing, bang, boom. Starting recording. There boo, it is. Boom! <laughs> Here's the message. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On my right hand side is my right-hand man, Gabriel. And today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Reed Henry, who has been releasing some singles as of late and doing all of the wonderful stuff that he does. Right now I'm being joined by Reed him himself. He's gonna share some information about what kind of a monster he's become it's a bit more more of like a nightmare than usual the nightmare is coming alive uh and what he's been up to especially during all this fantastic time uh so reed welcome to the show thank you so much for having me absolutely great to have you on great to have you on again because i mean i'm trying to look back unfortunately Uh, I couldn't find, but I think it was like two or three years ago you were on just before it became Dead Set Society we had you on. And, you know, I was very, very excited when you reached out and said, hey, I'm still alive and I'm working on stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad we could reconnect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Monster, you've become this this thing. What is this thing that you've become? Because, I mean, you look terribly handsome to me. So, I mean... (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i think I monsters think is a song that uh I, you know I, I tend to write music um and for a moment even if it's melodramatic that thing that i'm saying in that lyric or whatever is is true in that moment so for example there's songs like outside looking in which i kind of i was in a moment that i think everybody faces at one point or another in their life where they're sort of going through a tumultuous tumultuous emotion or um you know something that's this challenging um emotionally and it's just that song for me was about just uh distilling that moment into three and a half minutes of music and lyrics and i think that monster was very much the same um but in a slightly different sense and that monster it to me at least is a song about coming to terms with yourself and accepting that sort of uh accepting your demons and and forgiving yourself uh and from from that perspective or to that end i think that it's a positive song so uh Like, when I was growing up listening to, like, Nine Inch Nails or The Smashing Pumpkins, there was sort of, like, a comfort in feeling like it's okay to feel not okay. And I think that, uh, you know, if I can speak truth in that capacity and and spread that to somebody else, the next generation, then I think that would be a positive thing.
0: Yeah, you know, the funny thing you bring up uh, The Smashing Pumpkins, and I think... The crazy thing is that not only is it the first time somebody's actually brought up the Smashing Pumpkins on the show as as an influence, which I think is crazy because they they were quite an influence. Um, but I was actually just thinking about them a day or two ago, and I thought to myself, you know, what band I haven't heard in ages, and I would love now that I'm no longer you know like a ten or thirteen year old kid, what what do they sound like to me now? What is uh, what is it a bullet with butterfly wings sound like to me now? Um, yeah, it oh, <laughs> so doesn't hold up to the litmus test. The pumpkins, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy
1: to, uh, happy to report that the smashing pumpkins still rock.
0: Well, that is very good to hear. Now, the, the other cool thing that you mentioned is, you know, how do I cram coming to terms with myself and accepting my demons and forgiving myself in three and a half minutes of, of music and lyrics? And I guess my question is, was it a struggle to really distill, as you said? that concept into music and lyrics regardless of of length of time
1: no i mean i think that um part of something that that makes at least in my opinion something that makes art compelling is when you have those set parameters like the you know be having to color inside the lines, so to speak with with too much freedom if you were just you know if there were no no rules to the forum so to speak and you could make seven and you know what in this day and age it has opened up a little bit it's not as rigid as it as it was maybe when 20 years ago or 10 years ago um songs don't all have to be three to three and a half minutes anymore you can put out a seven minute song with, with the parasite eve by bring me the horizons weird progressive and um you know challenging in in uh, in its arrangement and i think that that's really cool personally i don't write music like that i just i I grew up listening to the beatles and david bowie and nine inch nails and like i said and and, uh and obviously tons of deftones and that's a great example of a band that kind of takes goes off the beaten path a little bit i just as a songwriter i've never really um, never been satisfied making songs like that because i want i don't know if it's like a serotonin release or something i'm sure you could get into the science of the the psychology of it but for whatever reason i like to make music it's like really Know um, rigid artistic confines, and I, th- I don't think that that's a bad thing. Uh, it just is what it is. You know, it's like if you don't have the color green, you're not going to paint anything. Yeah, you know? well, I guess you could mix blue and yellow. But. <laughs> well, the,
0: the, the keyword key I wrote are green. Yeah. You're only
1: painting a picture.
0: So yeah. Well, the keyword. Yeah, and the keyword I wrote down was discipline. You know, you've got to have discipline in, in some particular way, and the path to freedom, ironically, is through discipline. Because you know, like we could even use weightlifting. How are you supposed to get results if you don't have a workout plan? Uh, you know, sitting down. Something, something that's that's come up, especially with very successful bands that unsuccessful bands like to try and shy away from, is just like in the kitchen. You come in with a recipe because you're not going to every day try and figure out how to reinvent the wheel like you you come in but i'm chatting like chatting with nightwish nightwish said we have a recipe of course you do um you know chatting with armin van buren he's got a recipe he has a template he opens up logic and he's got a template uh yeah why why reinvent the wheel he knows what people want to hear he's gonna build something within that template
1: when i when i finish washing the dishes i put the cutlery back same place, you know. I mean, it's it's and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I, have a, I have a recipe, just as as, uh, as you say, absolutely. Uh, as an artist, if you've written enough, after you've written so many songs, you, it just starts to get to a point where you start reaching for the same gags sometimes because you know that's going to work here, and you know. Um, but uh, I mean, in terms of but just to touch on what you just said too, like um, about having that sort of you know what people want to hear, something that I think that I'd never really done before having a solo project or whatever, like releasing music under my own name, I feel a different kind of pressure than I think I've ever felt. Um, when when I had sort of like a shield, a band name shield, I could I could um, you know like even just planning uh, what I was going to do for the the LP two for Set um having all these songs that i really wanted to you know kind of shatter the expectations of what people had for the fans next release and and kind of make this weird more off the wall still like you know pop arrangements but like sonically a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging for our listeners, I think, and it would have made people kind of like, you know, the record scratch, record skipping sound of like, what? Whereas when, if I were to put some of those ideas out in the way that I started to kind of like mock them up for, for Dead Set, I don't know that they'd land and there's, there's a lot more um, personal pressure to just kind of do Like a Nightmare over and over again, which can be bad. And you can see artists that eventually fall Become victims of their own, you know, pandering to to their audience. And I don't want to pander to my audience per se, but but there is sort of like an element of gives the people what they want. I know it didn't uh, doesn't always work out, um, but you you still have to, like you say, you have to kind of use the same recipe and try and you know if we're if we're baking a cake, throw some blueberries in it, whatever, right? Like just variety but uh, but don't suddenly start making another baking reference that isn't cake i don't know
0: <laughs> don't don't make pumpkin cake when they're not in season or something
1: exactly there you exactly. go yes exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to get yeah. weird well, you got to have vanilla cake and chocolate cake on your menu cuz people freaking want it but if you have if i don't know if there's a thousand blueberries that walk in the door cuz blueberries walk and you need a thousand of them, then make blueberry cake. Yeah, it makes sense. Blueberries don't walk. You're right. Blueberries don't walk. Now, something you mentioned, uh, was like a nightmare. And I noticed that recently you came out with, uh, an acoustic video. So you've got a lyric video for monster and we've got an acoustic video of like a nightmare that was strategically, I'm guessing strategically released on your personal YouTube, uh, rather than the dead set society, YouTube. So, uh, really good segue there. Tell us about I guess maybe just doing the acoustic set of of Like a Nightmare.
1: Yeah, so um that song Like a Nightmare recently hit 7 million streams on Spotify which uh is extremely just humbling to think um that a song I made on a computer from 2009 with like Ableton's, you know, so whatever digital audio workspace um uh, the cracked screen and and uh, sounds that I kind of like took from the Ableton library and like sound design and played with or whatever. It's just amazing to me to see something that started like that end up where it is. So for me, it was sort of like a coming full circle thing for the song, just to kind of reapproach the song as it hit seven million streams and and see how I feel about it. And it feels real good. It feels the same as, as when. I, when we started promoting the song. So that to me, that's good. I don't, some songs that I look back on to now and I, all I hear is the mistakes. as a writer. And, uh, and I think time has helped me forgive some of what I perceive to be mistakes in like a nightmare. I think that's a important thing as a, as a writer to kind of forgive your former mistakes and to kind of like realize that they were just parts of your journey as, as a writer and, and things that you had to, you know, pearls you had to kind of overcome in order to learn. Um, And also it's, uh, it was the beginning of the process of, of me sort of trying to professionally reinvent myself a little bit. You know, you can't tour. I I can't tour at this time um, with everything that's going on. So it's, for me, it was, is also just trying to find my, my, um, in, uh, in trying to make my studio a, uh, like a live room um, and, and also a, Try and expand my uh, palette, so to speak, a little bit in terms of how I can get art and how I can get my work to uh, to people out there.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. It sounds like you're starting to get into a little bit of a monster type concept there. For giving yourself, yeah. Understanding, yeah. understanding the artistic journey that you're on now something you had mentioned there was you can't tour right now and i can't imagine why Reed. i can't imagine for a single moment why you wouldn't be able to tour uh but that brings us to my next question which normally this time of the year we would be chatting about tours festivals shows uh but is this essentially what you've been doing with your time during lockdown and and coronavirus is uh reinventing yourself and coming out as a solo artist
1: Definitely. Well, I, I think that that was uh, that was going to happen regardless of the pandemic. Um, that was definitely on route. It, the pandemic sort of just added fuel to the fire, um, or rather, more time to my schedule. Um, I have spent i spent a great deal of this um, this year, honestly, just being with my family and being in nature and being a human being and trying to like I spent the, the first part of, of this year. Um well I spent the first two months freaking out buying toilet paper.
0: Um <laughs> You're the reason why we couldn't get any read. <laughs> no, I was buying it way before anybody else.
1: I was buying it in January. I was just like, you know, stocking up on like canned beans and stuff and like preparing for the apocalypse. Um and which thankfully didn't happen. And um and just after that I think I spent a great deal of time just with um I have a wife and a, a two year old son and I spent a ton of time just like hanging out with them. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I think that was an extremely positive, uh, you know, positive for me, uh, getting to be home and getting to be available a lot more. And then, um, as, uh, as this sort of like, you know, lockdown kept going, I, I, I was able to spend some time going back through my catalog of songs and seeing, where I was at as a writer and and what I had to offer. And I started to really, really feel like, and I have like way too much unreleased music. I have to find some way to get it to people. Do I think of some moniker band name thing? And I just kind of, you know, we talked about it. And me and a number of my um, associates and my wife and, and everybody just kind of all came to the conclusion that to, to try and, cook up some moniker even though it would maybe be cooler and like you know be that shield a little bit or be that shield again um in, in order to fully um reach as or to maximize the reach into to really reach as many people as we could in a short period of time the best way to do it to move forward would be to just um release music under my own name for uh, better or worse so it's been going really well, and I'm very, very grateful about it. But I'm, I, uh yeah. I mean, there's just like, there's like a stigma that goes along with releasing solo music as an artist um, in rock music. But it feels like sometimes it feels like there is, <laughs> but you know, and for good reason, I guess. But anyway, it's right. been looking out. So
0: <laughs> well, that's good. Good to hear. It's not like a nightmare anymore. Um, hey, we got a Henry to read out. That's right. Uh, now, I guess my big question, you mentioned you, there's a ton, a ton of unreleased music, and you've decided to, instead of having a moniker, to just come out as yourself. So, I mean, I guess the big question is, what should we see from Reed Henry for the next, I don't know, the the rest of 2020, I guess? Just consistently releasing singles and lyric videos, or what should we expect?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I did a lot of thinking, and um, I, I feel like the best way that I can deliver music to people um in this day and age is is I feel like not to keep with our food analogies, but like if, if I were making if this were a barbecue um and I were to bring you a plate of ten hot dogs, you'd be like, Wow, I might want the rest of those throughout the evening. You know, that's that's great that you made me ten hot dogs, but I, I'm not gonna eat ten hot dogs right now. I'm just gonna eat one. And then, But if I had come to you every hour for the next 10 hours and brought you a hot dog, I'd have a far better chance of getting you to eat 10 hot dogs than if I just provided you 10 hot dogs at one time. Um, and I, I think that that's where I'm at in terms of me as a music consumer. I just don't... I mean, I'll sit there and listen to an album if it's sort of like either tasked to me. Like if you were like, go listen to this record right now, go. And it was a challenge or something, or I, I had some you know, incentivized thing for going to listen to that record, I would. I was trying to understand something about that body, um, body work, or, or what have you. But I don't think people do that in the same way that they used to. I don't put on a record on Spotify and listen to it in its entire, in its entirety. Even if I intend to, a lot of the times, life gets in the way. Twenty twenty is not nineteen ninety. Um, you know whether you want it to be or not. Um, and uh, and I just I want to try and accommodate people in the way that I release music. Because I've always made records, and if it doesn't work and it you know, turns out to be kind of a bad idea, then you know, I'll, I'll change my opinion and I'll make records again. Um,
0: yeah. But, yeah. It's like daily specials, baby. You try it out, and if it sells like hotcakes, then you put it on the menu, and if right. it doesn't work, then it's just it's off the chalkboard, and nobody ever has to remember that you tried to use leftover seafood for a soup special. Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, sh- we should open up at a restaurant. That'd be fantastic. And I mean, I'm red sealed now, so I actually would be able to contribute, you know, to the menu. Yeah, It'd be good. I, I wouldn't be.
1: I would just be like eating everything on the line. <laughs> <laughs> the restaurant
0: would be the, the restaurant would be called The Henry Reed. The Henry Reed. It sounds fancy. Like restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's That sounds fancy, baby. All right. Well, Reed, I don't have any more questions, really. So, I mean, unless there's anything else you wanted to throw out there, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. If you have Spotify, definitely go ahead and follow me on Spotify or just uh, follow me on whatever social media you prefer.